bow your head. To all the sinners all over the world. I buried those cockroaches! All right, what's up, everybody? This is another episode of Loud Kicks Podcast, and today I got another special guest. Not only just a special guest, but my big homie, you know what I'm saying, the knowledgeable one, you know, Sean, you know what I'm saying, Mitchell, my big homie, the teacher, the the man who who I looked to when I was a kid, like, dang, I want that when I grow up, you know what I'm saying? I finally got him on the show, so what's up, bro? Happy to finally have you on here. Man, good to finally be on here, man. Um, I listened to your podcast, listened to the radio show when you first had oh, that. Me. Watching you do your thing and blossom, and just keep, keep, keep going up, bro. Facts, facts, facts. So let's get right to it, bro. So you are a teacher, man. What made you like go into teaching from the from the jump, especially, you know, what I'm saying where we come from. Like, what made you want to go into teaching and just the school system? Honestly, when I had kids of my own, that's what made me want to get into educating. I started seeing my my own two kids learning things on a mental level and I never thought in a million years I'm gonna be in the classroom teaching kids. I was like, I'm gonna be a businessman. I wanna be a principal if I do get an education, but I've been in the classroom now for five years mm. and I'm about to start my master's to get my leadership degree because although I enjoy being in the classroom, I just don't see myself being in the classroom for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are right, so how did your view change you know what i'm saying because you said you may have kids on your own so before you know what i'm saying um what was your view just on teaching before and after like your children i didn't really think about teaching um i got a business degree first mm-hmm. and i worked for pepsi for 10 years i've always shared knowledge with young people but i never thought that i would be in a position to really really enlighten young people on a mental level outside of education like I'm a teacher first but I really get it got into teaching so these kids can see it's somebody like that looks like me who come from where I come from that don't do the same thing that I'm used to seeing on a daily basis mm-hmm. so I just gave them I want them somebody to look up to because mm-hmm. I'm from 21st and Hillside Born and raised in the north side of Wichita, the 20s. <laughs> and I teach on 13th and Oliver. Mm. And it's kids in there. I know a lot of their parents. And they all, they think the teachers are like, uh, they see me out and they be like, oh, you at Dillon's? Right. Oh, you at Walmart? Like, I'm a teacher, but I'm still a person at the end of the day. And just because I'm Mr. Mitchell in the classroom, but outside the classroom, Right, you're so much more facts. A father, everything, all that. And that's why I gotta tell him you how you acting in class ain't wrong. It's just the wrong place in the wrong time right now. Acting like that. Mm-hmm. So how do you like so as far as your teaching, like when you're teaching your kids, like is there stuff you take from home and, and bring it to the classroom and vice versa? If so, like what's some of those things that you do take from home, like, you know, parenting wise, you know? Well, I was raised by a single black mother mm-hmm. and she raised five kids and for me, I had my I had a dad. I knew my dad. My dad passed away when I was in tenth grade, but he was in, in and out of my life. And I got majority of my upbringing from my grandmothers and my mother. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they did a good job raising a black man in America. And a lot of my students are raised by single mothers. 
So the dynamic now is different because my mother was a strong black woman. A lot of the dynamic now with these mothers, they look at their kids, especially their sons, as like they're I, I don't want to say like it's their boyfriends, but it's like a my king, my prince, my baby. It's just a lot of coddling. And lot, I, the mama's boy thing is so big. I got boys that I talk to on a regular, in the hallway, let's talk, and they be crying because they're not yeah. used to a man talking to, to them on a, on a personal level. And you tell me how you feel, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. So when a man talks to you, it's totally different. I had a professor at Wichita State one time tell me, does it sound like this when your mom said it? Or does it sound like this when your mom said it? Mm. So I never really understood. Like, my mom did a good job raising black boys in America Fast. by herself. But a man's perspective is a lot different. So I'm just trying to save as many as, not save them, but enlighten them to where they don't, they know they can get out of their situation as they get older. Because we building these fictitious walls on the north side higher. Mm -hmm. We set the bar low in our on our, in our schools on the north side and they got the same opportunities as the kids on the west side of town far east far south all they have to do is want to have it mm -hmm. right so with that so with that being said what do you think has been the biggest disconnect then because oftentimes you hear the school system has failed us um like the kids you know even when i was like in high school i didn't realize i didn't learn so much till i went to college so just with you knowing that too, and you growing up in the same system that you know gets criticized, how do you go about just teaching, you know, things outside of the curriculum that they're going to lead in their real life? For one, I think the public school system has changed so much from even when I'm going to say when you was in school, loud kids, because when I was in school, we had forced busing. Did you have forced busing when you was in school? Mm, yeah. Although I I grew up right around the corner from Mueller, I didn't go to Mueller. Mm -hmm. I got bussed out of my neighborhood to College Hill. And for me to be, it was some friends. I got a best friend that I lived two blocks away from that I didn't meet till the sixth grade mm. because we went to different elementary schools, ended up going to the same middle school and same high school. And just think about it. These kids now, no force bus, and they go to neighborhood schools. So they play together all summer, being roguish in the neighborhood, doing crazy stuff come to school with the same stuff in the same class and you got to think about that that's all they see i've seen kids same age as me from a different part of town act different mm -hmm. carry themselves different so i knew it wasn't only one way for a 10 year old to act all these kids see now is the north side they go to school on the north side they go to the stores on the north side they don't really venture outside the north side because i mean that's just home for them Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest gripe I have with 259 is the force busing changed. And then they changed curriculum so much to where teachers, you can't even, we have something for two years. They're like, oh, it's not working. Let's, let's look, use what they use in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not in Dallas. We're not <laughs> in right. New York. We need to find, find something and let it be, let it, succeed or fail before we say we're not going to use it we look at data and be like oh we're gonna go with the next be next best thing just because of they they test scores look one way but it don't say oh they've been using that program for 10 years mm. we just started using a program last year then we changed it up this year and who knows what we're going to do next year and it's because they don't they don't let us 
figure out if something really is tr- truly is truly going to work or not work because they they go with the flow of what tests say. So do you think so? So how do you feel about just ACT testing? Then how do you feel about testing again in the school? I mean you know, testing. Just testing, period. How do you feel about this overall testing? Do you think it's necessary, or do you think it's a waste of like you know tax dollars? How do you feel about testing? Because honestly, I feel like they should replace testing with some and other things, especially for high school students. So like you know, as far as like doing your taxes or things like that, I feel like they should replace. Oh, some real, of those yeah, tests real world that, applications. You know like kids need that. Like they say, right. a lot. A lot of my mom taught me at home, so I knew at home had before I went to school. A lot of kids don't they don't learn how to sew. They don't learn how to cook, mm-hmm. how to clean up, how to wash clothes. And it's sad that we need to teach them that at school because they're not getting it at home. But a lot of stuff that even you learn in college, mm-hmm. you don't really necessarily need. I've been to college twice and I'm like, I didn't need that class. But I tell my kids now, a lot of this stuff that we do, you're not gonna use. But this is teaching, giving you a foundation to have a good work ethic. So if you, your foundation is solid, you're going to be able to build on top of that with a whole lot of things that are necessary, things that are unnecessary. Standardized testing, you can have a bad day one day. And, right. yo, I was talking about test scores today with a parent for conferences. They student went down like nine points and I'm like, they may have been mad at me that day. They may have may been mad at their parents that day. They may have been hungry. It, it can be a whole lot of different stuff that goes into why I did bad on the test. Then you got kids, they know how to do all the work, answer all the questions. But then when it comes to time to take a test, they got tense anxiety. Mm-hmm. And Which they, is a real thing. And they can't perform. So they say that, oh, state testing don't matter. But our big bosses look at state testing. If your school ain't where they need to be in state testing, then you become a focus school, and then they got people watching you all the time. Mm. So I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, we like right now we a focus school because overall our state testing average is not where it should be in language arts. So they got people constantly in our building. Hey. So how do you bounce? So with that being said, if you could, what do you what do you try to get your students to understand? Do you try to teach them, you know, life lessons, or how do you just balance teaching them life lessons and what they need to learn for like the week or the or the year? Like, how do you balance that as a teacher? With the population of student that I serve, I try. So my mind is always education first, but they always allow me to detour to a life lesson because. TikTok is a big thing now. I got kids. They'd be, we'd be, I'd be full fledged teaching, and they breaking out in TikTok dances. <laughs> and I'm like, right now, if your parent was in here, would you be doing that? No. So it's called having integrity. You should be acting though as your parent was sitting in the corner looking at you, or had a video camera can see everything that you're doing. So we have my students who do what they're supposed to do, which is probably about fifteen percent of them. They hate hearing the talks, Mm -hmm. but the mass majority of my kids, they need to hear the talks because those are the ones who don't really want to learn. They there every day. That's like, if you hear, you might as well do the work while you're here. School does not get easier. I know you're not going to enjoy it, but you say you want to go to NFL. How are you going to even play in high school if you're not eligible? Mm -hmm. And we have life lessons so much in my classroom because 
I tell them, y'all going to, one day, something I'm saying, y'all going to be like, this is what he was talking about. It clicks. Definitely. This is what he, I say, I hope it's sooner than later, but something I'm telling y'all, y'all going to be like, this is what Mr. Mitchell meant. Be, 100%. Because it's, I don't know how many black male teachers you had growing up, loud kicks, probably but. Like three. I remember, I remember. I just remember one, Mr. Wesley. That's probably the. The only one. I remember one. I had him for government in the summer. He was a coach at East, but I took summer school, and I had him for government mm -hmm. for one semester. But we – they don't see a lot of kids – I mean, teachers that look like them. So a lot of times they – I'm not your average teacher. We have fun. We play. We joke. But when it's time to draw the line and be a professional – that's what I try to make them understand. We can have fun all day long, but I'm. We don't have to be friends. Your parent do not send you here to have a friend. They send you here to learn. So, learn. so if we can't be friends and you learn, then you just gonna learn, and I'm gonna be your teacher. Because if we can't separate the relationships of having fun and when it's time to work, work, working is more important. Almost like compartmentalizing. That's all you want them to do. So, hmm. So moving forward. Like, how do you do? So, what is your part then? Like, how do you how do you do your part? Regardless of everything that's going on, you know, you talked about the curriculum changing every two years. So, how do you just try to manage your same teaching style, or even do you even you know do you keep the same teaching style? Do you critique it? You know, are they are there days as a teacher when you're like, you know, I probably could have done this to help them understand that more, or I, we probably could have spent a little bit more time on this. You know, just as just on the other side of the fence, you know, these are courses I always wanted to know, like. Is there times where you like, man, I probably should have took a different approach? It's a lot of times. Like when I first started where I'm at, we were departmentalized, so I only taught math. Okay. That's the only reason I took the job is because they're like, oh, you can teach math. Mm -hmm. Because my mind frame when I graduated college was I'm going to middle school and I'm going to teach math. Interview with elementary, she was like, we're departmentalized, you can teach math. Okay, cool. First two years, I taught math. Then... We got a new superintendent. They were like, no more departmentalization in elementary. So for the last two years, I've taught everything. And I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know what I enjoy about teaching. And ELA is not something I enjoy. So I can teach ELA. What is that, actually? I don't even know. Language arts. Okay, so yeah, language arts and reading and writing. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy it in school. I can teach it. I like some of the content like we just did. We're still doing black history in my good, class right good. now. But I feel like that should be in there more too. Yeah, we 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 I touch on black history a whole lot. I just don't like when I have to give you an assignment on writing this or writing that or what's the main idea or those are the things that I don't enjoy about teaching language arts. Mm -hmm. History I I like teaching some history. But a lot of history, you know what it is, is they history. So yeah. I don't really enjoy teaching they history because the standards are really tied to what they want you to teach. As long as I'm touching my ELA standards, I can teach whatever I want. Okay, good. I was so, about to ask you. So, yeah, can you, do you have that leverage to teach what you want? Yeah, a lot you of know? my principal, she's made it clear, we're teaching kids and standards. So as long as you're teaching the standard, the content can be whatever you want it to be. Good, good. And that's what that's so I think it's gonna be a big difference, especially moving forward. 
So with the with this coronavirus going on, how how have y'all had your school taking the you know precautions? Man, I see a lot of schools canceling. I see you know sports just canceled today. NBA just canceled the rest of their season. So like with that, how's that affecting the schools? I don't know. We just got a mass email yesterday and a phone call from our superintendent talking about the possibility of schools being shut down. My daughter is a middle schooler and that um teacher told her today that they need to take several books home so if school is shut down after spring break then they can still be working on work so it's a real possibility I don't know me personally I don't think it's as serious as the mass public is making it I think media has a lot to do with what's Mm -hmm. going on right now because if you just think about it I was part of Y2K and we still waiting on Y2K. <laughs> we we to bought, this day. Yeah, we bought groceries. <laughs> we bought all the water. We bought everything. And every it's an election year. Every so few years, there's always something. Ebola came back. You had the SARS. You had the, the bird flu. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just always something. I, I call it population control. CDC mm-hmm. is CDC is a monster. I mean, you can't say that on social media because they might find you missing. You start talking about CDC. Yeah, because it's crazy out here that the media plays such an important role on on how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. I went to Dylan's this morning to buy um, peroxide for an experiment. There wasn't peroxide. There wasn't alcohol. The shelves were bare. And this is all driven by the media. So... No, I definitely agree. I do think it is. I think the same thing. I do think it is a, a, a how do you say it, a form of population control, um, because I just don't. To me, it just don't make sense, bro. I don't get how, you know, the, the things that keep you away from it are things that you should have been doing the whole time, and now you're telling me, you know, you're supposed to do extra. That's like if you was already doing that, you should have already been okay. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's they just like, telling you to wash your hands. You should have been washing. You should have been doing that. Tell yeah. you how to cough. You should be coughing in your cuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of I, I just don't know how to explain it Because I don't know I can't put my finger on it right now Because it's things that we As teachers and parents Teach our kids every day mm-hmm. But then they show videos of adults Not doing things that I know they were taught And then it's like a killer Because it's like Now it's you know why are you telling us, you know, they're not doing it? Now, I'm pretty sure there's been times where you've been out, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and your son's like, Dad, like, they didn't wash their hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's tough. It's like, this, this is a kid saying that. If a kid knows better, you should too. Exactly. I was at Dylan's on, on Sunday shopping, and little kid just licking the the rail, I seen the, that video. Licking the cart. I seen no, I seen the oh, kid seen actually licking oh, okay. the cart, like rubbing this, like doing like this on the mm-hmm. cart. A little Asian boy, and he was like he was adopted because it was a white older man he was with. And I'm like, do I didn't want to say nothing to nobody else's kids. I'm although I'm a teacher, I just hey, I'm gonna let you parent your own kids however you want to. But if I see you doing something you shouldn't do, hey, don't do that, man. That is tricky. Like when you see somebody else's kid doing something, you like, man. You shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, it's like... Your parental instincts kick in sometimes uh, when you got kids of your own. You're like, I want somebody to tell my kid if they're doing something yeah. wrong to do it right. But you can't talk to everybody's kids. It's sad that you can't do that, too. Because it's some parents, that do that too. I de- we deal with them at school. It's like, 
it, they come up there ready to defend their kids all Regardless. the time. They like we, we adults ain't gonna sit there and lie on your kids and tell you. Now some did. I ain't gonna lie. Some teachers did back in some, the day. Some do. Yeah, some I'm do. About to say, some for sure fabricate the story. Some do, but most of the time you should come up there with a clear mind, not not ready to just attack. Because I had right. a parent one day telling me I was ready to come up here and go off on y'all. You weren't even trying to get our side of the story first. And like we, that's why we sat down and have a meeting with all of us so that you can hear it from us. Because you listening to your, your student, they can tell you anything. Come listen to the adults. We call you all the time. You don't answer the phone. So if we call and you reaching out, I mean, we not making up too much. You you ducking and dodging us. We, right. got, we got students say, my mama blocked the school number. My daddy don't answer the school numbers. And this is a partnership. When we educating your kid, learning starts and stops at home. So we have a partnership between home and school. So you feel like you can just drop them off at school and they not your responsibility anymore. That's crazy. It's a partnership. It's not a daycare. And that's how a lot of parents treat it like a daycare. But I also think it comes back down to trust too. I feel like the I feel like the trust between the teacher and the parent is almost lost now. It is. You know. I mean, a lot of a lot of parents don't want to trust. They don't they don't care to trust trust the school. Like we had a we had half day today. We got out at one. School starts at nine. I had a girl come in at like ten forty five, and I'm like, why y'all so late? Like school's over at one, and her sister is a fourth grader. They went on a field trip today. Her mama knew they was gone on a field trip. Brought them to school anyway. It was like my mama said she didn't want to deal with us at home. Hmm. So I'm like. First off, you missed the whole field trip, knowing your whole grade level was gone, and your mama still brought you to school. Now you got to sit in a whole different class off grade level because your mama don't want to deal with y'all at home. But mm. they want us to deal with We can't even cuss them out like they can at home. Like, y'all right. get cussed out in, up and down the wall at home, and y'all still they still don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of that's just what we deal with. Our school system is... There's no accountability, so kids know that there's no repercussions for their actions, like at school or at home. So they're going to kind of continue to do what they do because, I mean, I'm going to still get to play my Xbox when I get home if I get a phone call. And if I get kicked out of class today, I'm going to be back in class tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It gonna, it's going to take a whole bunch for me to get suspended from school because they they don't want to suspend kids anymore because they say they're definitely not learning at home. So you might as well give them in-school suspension so they can still be at school learning. So kids pick up on these. they like, I can. It's a method to the madness. Yeah, now, I like. can do pretty much whatever I want, and there will be little consequences to what I do. Mm-hmm. Because my parents don't really care. That's why I'm going to come back the next day and do the same thing. Or I'm going to just get cussed out, yelled at, and then that's going to be it. They need to start hitting these kids where I hurt. Like if my daughter, she don't even get in trouble at school, but if she has an issue with something, we take that phone. That phone be gone for three weeks for something small. And she be wondering like, the phone ain't why I got in trouble. Why you taking my phone? Because that's what these kids like. You gotta take take something that they care about. And they care about them phones a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I collect phones every morning. I get about 12 phones out of 24 students. And they got nice iPhones. I'm like, yeah, I didn't have a phone until I was 18. <laughs> it's also a different time now, too. It but, is, but that, you know. that's why they so, 
that's why that's why all these social media sites got an age limit mm-hmm. and all these kids got social medias and they shouldn't have social medias because they're not ready for that exposure to what's out there in social to media. everybody's opinion and all that yeah but i also think that it's at some point we gotta probably just change everything i feel like everything needs to be updated honestly from a government level to a school level i feel like everything just needs to be updated because everything is changing you know, I feel like we can't keep trying to teach old tricks to and use the old system. You know what I'm saying? If the system is, you know, barely working. It, I, if you have to change your cur- curriculum every two years, I feel like it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because how, how can anybody catch a rhythm or find out how exactly they want to learn in, in a certain curriculum? And if, if, you, if, you change, if you just make sure teachers are teaching standards... The curriculum don't matter. The curriculum don't matter because all the standards are gonna stay the same regardless. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. The the reading and writing curriculum can change, but the standards are gonna stay the same. Mm. So fifth grade standards are fifth grade standards, whether you use reworks, journeys, whether no matter what curriculum you use, it's all gonna be the same standard. You just paying for a vehicle to teach the standards. And nine times out of ten that vehicle is so expensive that it ain't even worth it because you can go find supplementals that you can go out there and get for a lot cheaper or free and do a better job teaching than this vehicle you purchase for the next seven years will mm-hmm. do for you. Like smart investments, you know what I'm saying? Smart investments. So before, so I got to ask you, cause I know you're a Kobe fan. Um, just how did his passing this affect you? You know, we're going to switch gears. So how did that, how did his passing this affect you, and how, what did you take from it? I mean, it it still really don't feel like it's it's real. I mean, it. I took from it like he. I think they both went together, him and his daughter, because neither one of them could have survived without each other. Because after his basketball career, they bond was so strong mm-hmm. that I think it was in the plan for them two to go together and we did we did some activities in class with it one of my teammates um did a whole lesson on um kobe um quotes and they did everybody did a quote and they put it in the hallway on the wall and it's in the diagram of a 24 and it's it's still out there it's it's probably gonna be out there for the rest of the year unless it fall down Mm -hmm. i mean it's i i just still don't really feel like it's I don't know. It's it's surreal still, because he had so much more. His daughter to has go. so much more to go. It's to like go. He was just now starting his career after basketball, and his daughter was about to blossom into the female version of her daddy. Mm-hmm, so, pretty much. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, to me, it's crazy to think that we're never going to hear that speech. Never going to hear his. Um, his takes just on the game. I know he had the little show. What was it, detail? Detail, yeah. The you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just yeah. those little things that he was doing and the fact that we'll never probably see that um, at, probably ever again. You know what I'm saying? We, we'll probably get versions of that, but it won't be the same because the way Kobe broke it down to you, it was, it was a science. Yeah. His, you know, his it, level, he, his knowledge of basketball went beyond just It's playing. beyond, you know, like, and it's just from Kobe doing work, you know what I'm saying? I know you've seen that. Just that alone. I was watching that the other night, man, and it was just the way how he just interprets the game, how he knows certain players' tendencies, you know, and just his work ethic, and you can you can even relate that to your real life. So, to you, what does what does mama mentality mean to you? 
don't never settle, never stop working. I, I had a student today, he, I want to go to NFL. I was like, don't you realize there's somebody right now your age outworking you inside and outside the classroom? If, you, if you're not willing to put in the work, you can't say what you want to do. Mm. Your, your actions got to match your passion. Because if your passion, you can, I can say all day long, I want to do this, I want to do that. What they said, um, a dream without a, I mean, a, a, a goal without a dream is, I mean, a goal without a plan is just a dream, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you don't have a plan on how you're going to get to where you're trying to go, and you got to make set milestones that are attainable first. Don't just say, I want to play in the NFL and you 11 right now. Say, I want to play varsity when I'm a ninth grader or 10th grader. Say I want to start on my little league football team. Like you got to make goals that you can actually reach, so you can see some success to and get that confidence yeah, and to build up. Man, you can't put your goals your so far out of reach that that is it's you can attain it, but it's so far out there that you may never attain. Everybody wanted to go to the NBA or NFL when they was kids, right? That was mm-hmm. that's what when you play football, that's what you wanted to do. But at a point, you realize this ain't, this is not an attainable goal. So what do I really want to do that I can attain? And like I asked him, um, you don't even like doing classwork right now, so how are you going to do classwork in high school and be able to be eligible to play football? Uh, uh, they probably uh, have no answer. Yeah, that's it's all. like you uh, asked him such uh, a good uh, question, I'm stuck. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you have to realize that, man, I went to high school with so many cats that were good athletes, but Your error was were crazy. never eligible. Mm-hmm. Never eligible. I'm like, that's a real thing. There's not many people to go to the league from college because there's so many athletes that are out there working and they're good. I know my mentality is, man, you you can't never stop working. Ever. Kobe was working off the court just as much as he's working on the court. Like you said, he was studying tendencies, he eye movements, all that. Like you got to know when you can get in your man's pocket. Mm-hmm. And he stayed in somebody's pocket. Facts. So what are you teaching about your, like, so with you being, you know, light years, you know what I'm saying, the advice you've told me has been crazy. So how do you instill, like, the lessons that you learned or that you faced and, and incorporate them into your children today, even though it's a new day and age? So how do you try to, I guess, give them the same information but to where they understand it? You know, because oftentimes, I know for me, it was kind of hard for me to talk to my pops because it's such a different age gap. So... He was telling me things, but I, it wasn't clicking then because I couldn't really comprehend. You know what I'm saying? So for you, how do you try to get that comprehension? You know, uh, with the, with your with your kids, man. Life is about choices. Mm-hmm. I, I have a student, and she was like, "Why why do my grandma and grandpa like have a nice house and um, nice cars, but my mama don't?" And I was thinking like, so that generation of of um, parents. They are the ones who retired and, you know, they worked 40, 30, 40 years on the job. Even though they didn't enjoy their job, they were just getting some stability. Because mm. my grandma, she worked on her job for a long time. She didn't like the job. She just knew that she had a paycheck coming and that she was working towards retirement. That's what a lot of the old generations did. Our kids now, well, generation now, they kind of, they don't like something. They'll quit day one. Mm. I, I can't do this. I'm quitting. And they're not showing their kids. They're not even thinking about their kids. Like, if I didn't have kids, <laughs> I would be doing a whole bunch of more risk-taking than I do. I don't do any risk-taking now because I know I get a check when it's coming. 
I know how much it's going to be because I know I got two mouths to feed. Mm -hmm. But if it was just me, you can take a lot greater risk because you can eat ramen noodles and bologna, you know, or miss a meal. Mm -hmm. Them kids don't understand when there ain't nothing in the refrigerator. So I tell my students, man, life is about choices. Like right now, you can only get what your parents give you. You don't have a choice. But there's going to be one day you're going to be able to go out and get your own job, make your own money, make your own decisions. And you don't have to settle for the life that you're living right now. Because I have I had kids last year that was like, my mom, my dad was on, on assistance. I can get assistance and not have to work and get a check. So they already know the system. Mm-hmm. So they already relying on, I don't have to work and I can still get a check, but are you comfortable? Are you satisfied with having minimal? Mm-hmm. So you make a choice. I like I told them. I have friends in prison. I have friends get killed early because it's about the choice they made. I could have made a bad choice and been right there with them, right? And don't people that are not your friends that are going to tell you the wrong thing. Right. I tell you, when you're in class and somebody encouraging you to do the wrong thing, are they really do they really got your best interests at heart? I wouldn't want my kids hanging out with you if you telling them to do the wrong thing. To do things that you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah. So that's what they have to. Being young right now, everybody wants to be popular and be liked, so they follow (laughs) they follow the crowd, even though it's not them. But it's fads. Mm -hmm. We have the TikTok fad right now. We have the. There's so much going on right now. It's crazy. And they just so consumed with all of it. The education takes a back burner to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so, and then the correlation, so then between your students and, like, your kids, so, like, and then how do you break it down to them? Like, when you come home, how do you break it down to them? Just, you know, certain life lessons and things like that. A lot of times I feel bad when I go home to my kids because dealing with kids all day long, nagging, hearing, yelling all day long at kids, then I go to my kids and it's kind of, I'm at my wit's end of dealing with kids, which is a bad, bad on my part because... That's why I go to the gym pretty much every day I get off work because I got to go release my my stress. If I don't, I'm going to just be at home probably fussing. So I try to go put in an hour and a half at the gym every day because that helps me get rid of a lot of stress that I carry from my job. I don't bring my job home with me. Like I I rarely do a lot of extra grading papers and lesson planning at home because – that's pretty much my time and my family time. So that's how I try to keep sanity with my kids. Mm-hmm. I, I go to the gym and then I'm able to deal with my wife and my kids on a more more calmer level. More calm, more, more calm, more understanding level. So what's what's some of the things that they've asked you just, you know, as since, since they're getting older, you know, what's some of like the things that, you know, they asked you where you was like, man, like you know, I'm here at this point already. Like, nah. Yeah, my daughter's my daughter's <laughs> you know smart. So, she yeah. eleven going on twenty two, and, <laughs> and she's always been gifted. She's in the IB program now, mm-hmm. and okay. her her um she just feels like kids should always have a say. They should you should always they should always have a say in like their punishment. They should always be have a voice. So mm-hmm. she loves to negotiate, argue, <laughs> talk, debate. She she needs to understand why the why this is happening. Why 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 do why do I not get to say anything? Because I'm your dad. First off, that's your mom. 
this is a this is not a democracy it's a dictatorship you can <laughs> you can share your your thoughts but we just listening to you because at the end of the day we're gonna do what we Feels what we want to do because we're your parents we give her a lot of leeway when it comes to verbalizing her thoughts and opinions that That's our good. parents would never have done. Yeah, but that goes with changing, though. <laughs> yeah. Times have changed, you know, so. And we know she's very opinionated, so we allow her to to, to voice her opinion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, she knows that we're still her parents and that they're going to let me say what I'm going to say, but they're going to still make the choice they want to make. My son, he just kind of all over the place. He don't really care too much about nothing <laughs> right now, but Legos and yeah, I'm about to say he full life. So yeah, <laughs> he he's di- way different than my daughter. He just kind of nine going on three, so mm-hmm. he's kind of going backwards. Yeah, but he going. We trying to get him to find his niche and his wave because my daughter's all about education. He's a math guy, but. I don't think school gonna be it for him. What made you come to that? Because he just he just hyper. Uh-huh. Like his teacher be like, oh, he's moving around and bouncing. And I asked him a question. He's listening, but he just got to be doing something. Yeah. So I told him, I don't care what you do. We gonna find some of you. He like Legos and stuff. I'm trying to find some Lego camps for him because mm-hmm. engineering and stems is that's what the future yeah. is and. As long as I can keep his mind going, whatever he do, he gonna be successful at it because, you know, the young mind, if you expose it to a whole lot, you keep those connections firing. Mm-hmm. So I don't try to limit to what they do. I, like he played baseball. I never played baseball in my life. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to do it, I'm gonna show my interest and let him learn as much as he can until he ain't interested anymore or he move on to something else. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how you feel about sports. How you feel about it? Like, would you let him play football with the with the chance of CTE and all that? that um, and all that. Like, how do you feel about that? My son's kind of small. He he played flag football last last year, uh-huh. and he's nine. So he was like, "I want to play flag football." Okay. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't very good, but right. I mean, he's just he, a start too. He so. said he wanted to play tackle football, but that was after tackle football started. Because he don't really want to play tackle yeah, football. Yeah, no, like he, he his, timed his, that right. Yeah, his cousins <laughs> play. So I was like, you want to play football? He's like, yeah. No, I don't want to play. And then like about halfway into the season, he's like, I think I want to play now. No, that ain't how it worked, buddy. Right. But he, he's done soccer. He's done baseball, basketball. I think baseball is where he's really trying to improve in. And we just started practice this week, so – about to get real again mm-hmm. also got him in drums so i like i said i i, I like what you want to do we're gonna do whatever you want to do he's like i want to play the drums so you take private drum lessons That's and dope. i'm just things that i didn't have as a kid that think about as much stuff we could have been exposed to and could have been successful in if we would have had opportunities that i'm trying to give to my kids mm-hmm. my mama just didn't have it yeah she didn't even pay for us to play football my coach paid Cause he was big, so he was like, he was like, I'll pay for him. Oh, so y'all get on the field one way or another. Yeah, one way or the other. Yeah. So it's it's a different, like you said, it's a different time now. It is, it is. So and then so <clears throat> as far as their, you know, mental health, you know, what I'm saying that's a bigger thing now. You know, um, along with you keeping that, you know, that open door to, you know, to them. Um, what's some other ways you do as far as like making sure they're good mentally as well? You know. 
Because looking back, bro, we 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 endured a lot of trauma. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm we saying? Were that we def- never we're did. definitely suffering from trauma. You know? And, and so that's why I do like the time that we're in now as far as, like, expressing how important mental health is. So, you know, just you, like, you know, how do you, you know, do that with your own? Well, um, it's, it was... My school is trauma informed, so we do a we've been doing a lot of trauma sensitive training and restorative practice stuff for like the last two three years. And at first, it was hard for me to wrap my hand or head around it because I'm like, if I take the the test, I'm suffering from trauma. Like my dad died; he wasn't murdered, but he died when I was tenth mm-hmm. grade. I was raised by a single mother, a black man in America. I just had so many That's factors against yourself, me man. and and I made it out. I didn't really have that many roadblocks to get from where I came from. And it's a lot of kids growing up in my situation, but I knew and like I knew my mom loved me. I didn't hear I love you every day, but I knew I was loved. But it's a lot of these kids, you they dealing with so much more than that. Like I got kids that have to watch little brother and sister at night. I got kids who parents don't get off till 11 to 12 o'clock at night, and they stay up all night waiting for their parents to get home. Kids that don't have enough to eat, no clothes. It's just they dealing with so much at a young age, and and we 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 learned like, should I have to know what you dealing with to treat you any different? So if you dealing with your lights is cut off at home. But this kid over here is nothing wrong. Should I treat y'all any different? Do I need to know what's going on with you to treat you any different from him? Yeah. I should look at all That's kids. A tough question. I should look I mean, at all kids like, as yeah. kids and not worry about their situation. Just always try to worry about if they mentally are they ready to learn? Because a lot of kids come in on edge every day, heart beating fast, and that's resting. So we got to make sure that they always. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it still because I knew how I grew up and I just feel like a lot of times we making excuses, but there truly are kids that are suffering from trauma. Mm-hmm. And to lump all the kids together and say they're all dealing with trauma, that's where I think is a bad thing. And then I hear this a lot, parents are doing the best they can do. I mean, don't give them that much credit a lot of times. Yeah. I got a brother who got three jobs and four kids and never, never miss his kids' programs at school, never miss his kids' birthdays, two kids. They, like, that's a parent that's doing all you Going can do. Going crazy. But if you, if you set a conference date and you don't come to conference there, you don't answer the phone when I call, or you don't come to a, a meeting for something about your kid, that's not really doing all you can do because it don't cost any money to – answer the phone or come to the school. A lot of the problem with our kids is their parents and we can't reach their parents. We can we can talk about it till we blue in the face, but we can only control what we control and that's why we have the kids for yeah. seven hours. But even sometimes, man, even though even sometimes those parents, they do probably have parents that do probably work a lot. So they probably don't have like the access that they need to even pick up the phone for those conversations too. You know? So I feel like in some students' cases Stuff is kind of you know, for I say for know, some of them, but it's like a better word, fucked up at home. You it's know not hard to we send we send agendas home communication. All okay. you gotta do is write a note. Okay, if cool. I write a note to you, answer the note back. If I send a paper home to you, sign it and send the paper back. It's just some things that are 
so simple. Like if my kids have a field trip, they gonna ask me every day, Dad, you signed this paper, Dad, you signed this paper, Dad, you signed this paper. And I gotta pay for the field trip. <laughs> At my school, nine times out of 10, all you gotta do is sign the slip. You ain't gotta pay nothing. Cause we're a title school. Mm-hmm. We get a lot more funding, so that means we we pay for a lot more stuff for the kids because because we know a lot of them are in their economic level. Mm. So you already know, like what it in a sense, kind of what they come with in a sense. So well, we uh kind of give you that a better understanding. Yeah, they go with free and reduced, <clears throat> so, you know, free and reduced lunch. Okay. My um, I work in the school. You know, at College Hill, where my son goes. They do a lunch counter in the morning. Are you eating hot or, you hot or cold lunch? Yeah, so do a lunch count. Mm-hmm. My school don't do a lunch count. Dang. They just assume that 95% of the kids are eating at school. Hmm. So we don't do a lunch count. They just send pretty much lunch for everybody. So that's where you get the free and reduced at because the socioeconomic level of the neighborhood of the school that we're in. That's how you get title schools. Mm-hmm. So, so you as a teacher, do you then like, you know, to help them? Do you like bring like snacks for them to, for the students you know who may not eat as much? You know, what I'm saying like, do you do things on your end to try to help them? Um, if so, like, what some of those things you do? I well, I allow them to bring snacks. So if because we eat lunch kind of late, we eat lunch at one ten, and a lot of kids complain about the lunch. That is a late lunch, and. So I, we have snack like at 11. So sometimes I don't really, I buy treats sometimes yeah. to use as incentives. Depends on if the class is having a few good days. I might like have a popcorn party or something. They, um, sometimes people donate, like churches donate to the yeah. school. We have snacks, like we got state assessments coming up. It's always some churches that donate a lot of snacks for us to pass out that week, the weeks of the testing. So we get fresh fruit every Tuesday and Thursday. So we constantly have stuff. If kids are hungry, they can go to the nurse's office and get peanut butter crackers and stuff like that. We do every, like every Friday, there's kids who get like big bags of food for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So they get like a bag in their locker with like little snacks in it for just to last them throughout the weekend until they come back to school because some of them aren't even eating on the weekends. So... There are a lot of programs in place. We even got a now a program in my school. All a kid has to do is go to the nurse and ask, like, we need toiletries. That's get, dope. You get washing powder. You That's get dope. soap. You get deodorant, toothpaste, all that stuff. But we got all these avenues, and then there's still some parents that don't want to take the help. Although they need desperately need the help, they're just too ashamed to take the help. And I'm like, if they throwing you a lifeline, you use these as stepping stones to to get out of your situation and they're not even trying to accept the help. Mm. And which is only hurting their kids because you sending your kids to school with dirty clothes, stinky clothes, or we and we have to send them to the nurse's office to get a change in clothes when you could just take some of this help they'll be offering you to to go to the laundromat. It's just so many opportunities that we have at school that a lot of parents be like, because they think they don't have people all up in their business. Mm-hmm. But technically, we already in your business because you, your kids come in, your kids come to school and they gonna they tell your business. Yeah, they are gonna tell everything that's going on at the crib. So we, I mean, I don't know. We we try to 
throw out an olive branch a lot, but it's it's not ex- it's not accepted a lot. And I think I think it's not accepted a lot because if you look at my school, it's me. I'm the only black male teacher. We got a black one black female teacher, a black pair, and that's pretty much it. So it's always these white people this or these white people that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we all got your kids' best interests at heart. That's at why we're doing the job. And and that's why and that's another reason why I wanted you on here, bro. Because I know you are, you know, one of the, for lack of a better word, few good teachers that really want to see students like they're you're, you're not just there just for the check. You're not just there just for the title. You're actually there because you literally care about you know the well being of your students. And that's and that's why I wanted to talk to you and just get some insight. You know what I'm saying? So like one more thing before we go into uh, you know wise words. What's what are some of the morals you teach your own children, and do the morals that you try that you try to instill in your own children? Do you try to bring that to the classroom as well? Some of the morals for my own kids: treat everybody the way you want to be treated. If you if you demand respect, then if you give respect, then you have to demand respect. My daughter so has so much empathy that it's kind of a a fault of hers because she always puts herself in somebody else's shoes and be like, this is what I would have done. But just, just because you are so nice, don't, don't, everybody's not, my daughter thinks the world, the world is not nice. I have to tell, I'm the real world. Her mom's the parent. The world's not nice. Stop thinking everybody's going to like you. Everybody's your friend because you have to look out for yourself because she had a test one day, went to the restroom, left her test in her folder. And she was like, I was just assuming that somebody was going to turn it in for me. Luckily, three days later, the teacher went through the folders and found her test. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, just because you would have turned somebody's test in. Don't mean that that's going I'm on. like, when you came back to class, you should have went to your teacher and said, did my test get taken out of my folder? Stop making everybody out to be have a heart like you because you you that's going to be your problem. You're going to get like the first two weeks of class, little girl hitting her up. We look at her phone. Can you send me a picture of your homework? Can you can you help me on these problems? Can you send me a picture? I just want to check over my work. I'm like, she's in the same program you in. She had to test to get in this program just like you. If she can't do the work, then she don't need to be in the program. I know you're not about to be doing the work. Then we had a meeting with the teacher like, yeah, two kids just got kicked out of the program for cheating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you see, this is what you... Although you, you ain't with, asking for answers, you giving answers, so you cheating also. Yeah, you playing with, yeah. So Play just try fun. to just try to keep them. Our kids are so spoiled because we just try to give them a better childhood than we than I had, her her mom had. So it's a bad thing and a good thing. We try to keep them grounded. Like y'all get a lot of things that y'all don't necessarily need, but don't take it for granted. Because there's a lot of kids who will switch places with y'all. When y'all think it's bad for y'all, there's kids who will switch places with y'all in a heartbeat. And I, my students, I tell them, you can ask my own two kids. I teach the way I parent. Mm. That's how I, I run my I – t- I had conferences this whole week. I tell my, my parents, man, I teach my students in class the way I parent. See, and that's how, that's how it should be. I don't my – daughter, my daughter comes to the classroom sometimes when she comes from school for a couple hours – and they're like, is your dad mean to y'all? Yes, he is. <laughs> now, I'm telling my kids are going to say the same thing y'all say. I am mean. If anything, you worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your own, you yeah. Know? And and I, 
my expectations for my students are the same expectations for my kids. And that's that's why I'm a teacher, because I shouldn't have ex- high expectations for my own two, but then go mm-hmm. teach somebody else's kids and, and lower the bar. Right. That's all. Yep. I got the same high bar. They might be not at the bar yet, but they got the high bar to try to get got to. the potential. Yeah. So everybody knows I tell parents how I am. They may come home and say I'm mean and this, I'm that. But I got an open door policy. You ever want to come sit in the class and, good. and watch? You ever want to talk to me, email me, text me, hit me up on Messenger? I take all forms of communication because I, I appreciate a parent who's concerned about their kid's education. So if you hit me up every other day, hit me up because that means you're concerned. I would rather you hit me up every day, other day than never hit me up at all. Exactly. Or never Suffer answer the phone silence. when I call. Yeah, that's always yeah. bad. That's always bad. Yeah. So I just want parents to be involved because, like I said, education is a two-way street. It is. It's a, yep, it's an investment. All right. So, all right. So before we get up out of here, we always have, you know, a section where, you know, wise words. So for people, aspiring teachers, you know, and people that want to get in your field, this is where, you know, you just give them words of advice, man, on their journey. College teaches you nothing about being a teacher. (laughs) I mean, they teach you, oh, all the techniques, but you, you, all that goes out the window as soon as them students walk in that classroom. Everything I learned at Wichita State, as soon as them kids came in the classroom, all that stuff is because you're not, you're not teaching to maybe at a, I say a, a more affluent school, you may be able to just, because I subbed at some schools. I was like, dang, this is nice. I don't got to yell at kids. I don't got to. It's a lot different. I can just teach the curriculum. Like, kids, I ain't got to keep telling kids to be quiet. I had to tell kids, y'all can talk now if y'all want to. But dealing with, they say I'm on my license is highly highly qualified. So I should be able to really go teach anywhere. Because if you can teach in a title school and deal with a lot of the behaviors that we deal with, you can teach anywhere. So, you got to your patience has to be be up to be a teacher, because if it's not up, they're going to break you. We have first year teachers crying every day in the principal's office. And that's not going to do nothing. Right. You crying about it. You better toughen up. Ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you. It's a learning curve. You learning with the students. So they feeling you out. You feeling them out. And if they see you crying, psh, they got you. Yeah. That's why I have a parent. She was like, they called every day last year. I was like, if I ever call a parent for a for a um, behavior issue, that's because I did everything I can do. <laughs> because you give your power up, and they're gonna step all over you. They're so, gonna be like, they're gonna be like, uh, all you gonna do is call my mom. All you gonna do is call my dad. Yep. Now I'm gonna get in your face first, and I'm gonna have you in the hallway crying first, and then we're gonna see if that straightens you up for a few days, or then I might call your mom or your dad. But mm-hmm. it's crazy because I don't even, at least for me, sometimes those talks helped you know more than you know the the phone call because the phone call i knew what i was getting yeah. but once the teacher like sat down and really talked to me that's when i really like understood okay you know it made me kind of reflect in a sense and that's what it's about trying to give them a chance to reflect like okay do i really care about how the teacher feels when i'm acting like an asshole or do i just care about getting a reaction from my student from my classmates mm-hmm. because once you once they see the teachers have feelings also then they starting to kind of their classmates will start trying to get on them. Like he's waiting on y'all to be quiet. Um, you see, Mr. Mitchell's waiting. You see this, you see that. 
we ain't gonna never get to go outside. We're gonna have to practice again because y'all can't. So once once some of the students see that, okay, he does have feelings, then they'll start they'll start disciplining the students who are causing problems, which is a good thing. And sometimes you have students take it too far. I'm like, hey, I don't need a co teacher. Let me handle it. You thanks for the help. Right. <laughs> thanks for the help. But these are still your peers at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I said. Teaching is is not it's not nothing to get in to get off on the summers. A lot of people be like, oh, y'all get Christmas off, y'all get summers off. Hey, you don't know how much we need that. And the summers ain't really three months, so a lot of teachers work over the summer. You got to get ready for the next year. You got to mm-hmm. go to trainings. You go to conferences and stuff, so ain't nobody really just sitting at home for three months straight chilling. Mm. Well, good, bro. I appreciate that. And so um, – I'm going to say what I have to say is it's okay while you're chasing your dream to understand that everybody cannot go with you. You know, so that's my wise words, man. It's okay to 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 lose some people on their way to your dream because somebody that's on your team that you love dearly might be the same one holding you back, man. So my, my words of advice is, is knowing that it's okay to – to let a few people go and just keep your distance, you know, and let them go doesn't mean like cut them off. You just got to keep your distance while you chasing your chasing your dream. Because right now the lane you in is the same lane they in, and that's and that's completely okay. And 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 to you, OG, I appreciate you coming on the show, doing this, talking. Uh, I learned a lot. You gave me a lot of insight just from the other side that I would never knew. You know what I'm saying? For me being a student, I'm like, man, teachers, they just, they lying on me. You know what I'm saying? Um, at these parent-teacher conferences, they telling my parents <laughs> all these false lies. Um, she she giving me bad grades on purpose. So it's good to it's good to, to finally get that other perspective that oftentimes doesn't get heard. And, and, and oftentimes it's also fabricated. So I'm glad I'm, I'm, I appreciate you coming on here and giving a true, authentic perspective on what it's like, you know, in, in, in the school system. So I do appreciate you for that. man. I appreciate you having me, man. Yes, you keep sir. Loud kids keep doing your thing, keep growing, keep prospering. You know, the sky's the limit for you. Facts. I see you got your clothing line kicked yes, off. Sir. I got to give me a couple of pieces yes, sir. so I can uh, represent because, you know, I love my, my guys bubbling up. Facts. This love is love. Facts. Facts. And um, for those of y'all who who um don't, who are looking to shop, uh, shop at www.loudkicksclothing.com. That's where you can find the clothing. Um, shirts will be coming out soon. And once again, brother, I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it, boss. Yes, sir. All right, that's it. We out. I buried those cockroaches.